0: Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that eat at your faith. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host of Crossroads Farm.
1: Hello, and you're listening to another episode of the Homegrown Remix Podcast of Crossroads Farm. My name is Brian Van Dyke, and I'm a volunteer coach here, and I am here today with four amazing middle school students, and they're going to introduce themselves.
2: My name is Faith Rhodesiler. I go to school at Quincy, and I'm in 8th grade. I'm a, I'm all a friend. I go to Western, and I'm in 8th grade.
0: I'm Kelton Phillip, I go to eight, I'm in 8th grade, and I go to Davis Middle School.
3: My name is Aiden Hernandez, and I
1: am a 7th grader, and I go to Reading Middle School. Amazing! So... All right, guys. What did we talk about today?
0: We mainly talked about how Jonah got eaten by the fish because he was running from God.
1: Can we just pause there? What was our opener today? What activity did we?
0: We drank and ate fish. Well, some people did. Volunteers.
1: Live goldfish, like live feeder goldfish. Would you guys? None. None of you guys did it. No. No. no? I was talking to someone who did it, and they're like, they could feel it like wiggle all the way down their esophagus. So. And then uh, for Jacob Foley, who ate five of them, he said that he could still feel them a little bit in his stomach afterwards for the next half hour or so. Just for our listeners, that's what we've been up to today. But talking <laughs> about time. this story of Jonah, someone give me a recap of Jonah. What's the main theme there?
0: Um, he didn't want to. Like God asked him to go somewhere, and he didn't want to. And then they were on a ship, and they were overseas middle of the ocean and he was sleeping and there was a huge storm and everybody goes down and checks on Jonah and he's asleep and they ask what did you do and then he said I ran from God so then he said he was like the only way to fix it is like throwing not throw me off so when they threw him off he got eaten by a fish
1: mm. mm-hmm. so what was he running from what did God ask him to do
2: them to or he asked him um, to go to Syria where um, to help people and there was um, bad people there that were gonna um, like that could take out his eyes or like cut off his hands and he really didn't want to do that because he didn't think it was worth it
1: Yes, good, good, good answer. So, Nineveh, the city in Assyria, um, are it's it's full of evil people. People who uh, would cut off their enemies' hands and poke out their eyes and make them blind. Um, they would do child sacrifices. So, really, kind of crazy places. And God called Jonah to go there to preach to them. And obviously, Jonah is super concerned about like not wanting to lose his hands or not wanting to lose his eyesight. Um, but we also know that Jonah's super concerned about being comfortable because at the end of the story, he complains about this, this plant, right? That's giving him shade and then it's not. And so he's just super um, concerned about his comfort. Um, and so he's running away and trying to hide from God. And that's question number one. And really, it's the idea that we can't ever hide from God, right? But I think maybe we've all tried to hide from God or things from God in our own lives. So have you ever tried to hide from God? And how did you do that? I'll start. Um, When I was growing up, I thought church was a little bit boring when I was a kid and I was, you know, I'm a boy, so I liked playing sports and sports consumed my entire life. And I would often have like sports throughout the week. So like practice and games. And then there was always those um, tournaments on Sundays where it was always kind of like, oh, do I go to church or do I go to my soccer tournament? And so I guess in some sense I was like, oh, I don't really want God to convict me of not being at church. And so I would often kind of hide from him with my sports. What are some other examples in your life? Could be relationships or alcohol or drugs or even really good things that keep you away from God.
4: I used to be friends with these people and they're saying God's not cool, he doesn't exist. And I used to believe that, but until I started going to church, I met God, and it was amazing because He helped me see the light, and we don't have to worry about a thing.
2: Um, My, until I was 19, um, a couple, like, big people in my life um, passed away, and um, it made me kind of upset with God because it was like, well, not really. It was, like, 2019, but then, like, my great-grandma died, but she had a big part of my life, and then my grandma died, and then my cat died, Mm. and, like, um, it was just, like, um, kind of really hard, but, oh my goodness, but, um, I was kind of upset with God, and then I went to camp, and I kind of got back into God, and I got back into my Bible, and I realized that I couldn't really get um, get better, I guess, um, feel better about it until I was back with God.
1: So that kind of leads us to the next question, which is why does it always take some sort of crisis or big life-changing moment for us to decide that we're going to pray? Why do we wait so long before praying for help?
0: I think like it finally like humbles us and shows that we're wrong and it kind of like opens our eyes.
2: We get kind of cocky, and we want to be able to do it on our own and um, mm-hmm. like kind of prove God wrong when we know we can't. <laughs> and then we realize that we can't.
1: <laughs> That's good. I agree with those both questions. That's great, Aiden. So why do you agree?
2: <laughs> um.
3: Well, it's happened to me before, but it's happened to my family. Hmm. Cousins, aunts, uncles.
1: What has?
3: Like, if someone passed away, um, you just want to... Like if you're really sad and you don't want to like, um, God tells you to, it's okay. But you don't like, you're thinking that it's not really okay that you don't really want to trust God. Then you you think over, it and then you do.
1: Mhm. That's so good. That was great. <laughs> so I think one that's really applicable for I don't know young young people like yourselves is like, have you ever gone through like a breakup before, <laughs> and it just like wrecks you sometimes. And I I deal with high schoolers all the time who like are like super on fire for God after breaking up because it's like for them, although a relationship isn't their entire world, it was a big part of their world. And so it got shooken up and they have to like go back to the one sure thing that they're kind of, you know, they, they believe is firm and that's hopefully Jesus. So in what other ways do you look to heaven when life gets hard?
2: Um, I think I should probably open my Bible, but when I'm struggling, I tend to just pray and hope that God will help me because, I don't know, I just don't really want to open my Bible when I need it, I guess, the most.
1: Yeah. Anybody a big fan of worship music? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see so (laughs) many hands in the air. And so, like, that's one way in which I look to heaven when life gets hard. The last kind of question that... Doug was working through is a statement and it says if you repent God will give you a second chance and honestly a third chance and fourth chance and fifth chance he'll give you always another chance do you believe that and why or how have you seen that play out in your life
4: I believe that we all get second chances and so on and so forth um me and my friends used to mess up so much and like We used to send a lot of used to do bad things, and um, something happened to them, and that's when I turned to God, because I didn't know what to do, because I didn't want to do any of that bad stuff anymore.
0: Yeah, I know he gives us second chances, because I'm living proof of it, and same with my family. When my grandpa died, um, it was like probably the hardest thing for my family, and then two days after, my dog died, and then... I was probably the most angry with God I've ever been in my life, because He just took the two things that were like keeping me together, and then that's when it really opened my eyes, and that's when I got more into my Word and my, and just in my Bible, and I started praying and worshiping more, and that's when like I finally got more humble, and like I'm still I'm still arrogant, but like I'm that's when I'm like I'm trying to get more and more humble, but it just. Forgiveness, and then it—it's like a feeling inside where it's like the guilt is gone. Mm,
3: that's good. I I agreed to what he just said.
1: You think you'll? <laughs> do you think Aiden? Do you think you'll ever run out of chances with God?
3: Um, I know he'll uh, no, <laughs> but I'll know that he'll always be there for us, and he'll always give us like second chance, third chance, fourth chance. If we make mistakes, he'll always be there.
1: Do you believe that you can never hide from God? That was really confusing. Can you ever hide from God? No. (laughs) No. no. So the verse of the week was Psalm 139, 7. And I'll end there. And it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And I want to just like add one word to that. And that would be that God sees you all the time. He's always with you, right? As a believer, his spirit is literally within you. Um, but it's, it's, it's easy to interpret this verse and be like, oh, God's checking in on me like my mom, or he's checking my socials like my dad, or like you know, <laughs> they're going through my closet again, but that's not God's view of you. He, he's running and pursuing your heart. He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to, um, commune with you. So it's this kind of relentless pursuit in more of a, like, uh, he's romancing his way to us and to our hearts. And less of a, like, I'm trying to, you know, check on you and act like the government for you. (laughs) What are your final takeaways from the story of Jonah? What really stuck out for each of you guys? It could just be, like, your favorite part of the story or what you thought, like, oh, I've never heard that part of the story. Uh,
2: My biggest takeaway is probably just um, that God is, like, really the only constant in your life and that he's always there, um, even when you feel like a situation where no one else is.
0: One thing that kind of stuck out to me was, like, you don't have to fear. What your future is like no matter what we're gonna die anyway and if yeah. <laughs> we're gonna die anyway and if you know that you're going to heaven what's the point of complaining just follow god and then boom, <laughs> <laughs> just, right.
1: boom just like that.
4: that he did what god said and talked to those people at the island and he Talk to them about God to help them to make sure they don't perish off of the face of the earth.
3: Just live your life uh, just live your life up peacefully and then until then you know you're just gonna just go into heaven, when you're older or if something bad happens to you. you know that God will be there.
1: So when I said that was the last question I lied, I'm going to add one more, and Sweet. it's just an application piece, and you guys have been so amazing. that's why I just want to press in there. Um, and so it's just one last thing. How is this story and the things that you've taken away from it going to change how you live this week whether that's at school or at home or in your personal relationship with Christ?
2: <laughs> um, there's no point of um like not telling people about Jesus because if like I don't know it's worth it like it's worth going through anything if like even dying I guess mm. um, for Jesus because it's a lot better than or like dying and going to heaven is a lot better than like rejecting Jesus and then dying and not going to heaven. So, uh, it's good to tell your friends about Jesus. (laughs) Ladies
1: and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Faith's going to share the gospel this week. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Kelton.
0: As Faith was saying how like, it's better to go to heaven knowing that you have like, that you brought friends. Just imagine how when you're with your friends right now and you're having a blast. Just imagine just imagine how it's going to be in heaven mm. when you, you're you with your Lord and Savior. And imagine how guilty you would feel if you didn't tell them, and then they're spending an intern- eternity in hell, and you could have told them all your whole life that you were with them.
1: Yay, so another person's going to tell their friends about the gospel this week so that they can party in heaven someday.
4: Um, my friend Monsi, she believes in a different re- religion, mm. and I'm trying to bring her closer to God. Cause She doesn't know who he is and neither does Sydney or any of those girls in my grade, they don't know who he, who he is, they don't believe in him they think that he's just a made up person mm-hmm. but I'm trying to talk to them about it trying to get them here to Crossroads and go to church because it would be awesome for them to come here
3: Some people, they think that God is fake or stuff like that but if you follow God, you know that God is with you and he is real so if You tell people in school that Jesus, um, follow Jesus, and they say that you're not cool or you're lame, stuff like that. Just don't listen to them. Just follow Jesus and God.
1: Follow Jesus no matter what. And word. Thank you guys for being such a great group of students, and we will catch you listeners next week on the Homegrown Remix Podcast. (laughs)
0: Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious rich roast coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org and contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader, a four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook at Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI. Also on Insta and Twitter.